Summer 16. Yeah. Free bands, OVO. DJ Ashcroft. Talking Duffel Time. Yeah. On the race bus, not a rapper. 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 Shit, guess it don't matter. Talk down on me, I'm flattered. Whole free band on Xanax. Y'all can't do no damage. Wrong cup, guess it don't matter. This one tastes like candy. This one must be Hendrix. Fuck y'all boys, y'all finished. You're dead. I don't talk to those about business. Diamond and my two friends. Welcome back to episode nine. I think this is going to be episode nine of the I Understand Sports Pod. I am your host, Trey. And I am excited. It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks, man. We had to get life in order, had to fix some things, get some things straight. But we are back. Sports are continuing. And today we have a special show lined up. Today is going to be different than all the other episodes to this point. Uh, I'm going to be rocking with my boy Stone. My boy Kellen is on the line. We're going to do NBA mock draft. It is, as of today, it is November 15th. Uh, And the NBA draft, I believe, is on Wednesday, November 18th. So uh, we're going to do a little special NBA draft episode. uh, And then we're going to – I think I'm going to start off, though. We're going to start off with uh, an event that's coming up. I I know a lot of people are excited. Um, I will be watching 100%. I'm going to have to find a way. Uh, There's a boxing match. There is a boxing match coming up. Uh, either next weekend, I think it's next weekend. It's either this weekend or next weekend, and, and we got to give some predictions. So, with that being said, uh, let's let's just get right into it, bro. So, Stone and Kelly, man, <laughs> it's been a minute, man. How y'all living? <laughs> man, living good. Ready to talk some uh, NBA draft. It was uh, another week of pain in fantasy football, man. So I got the Vino with me, ready to get my mind off of that. Talk some NBA basketball, and then uh, yeah, let's uh. Let's talk about this Mike Tyson Roy Jones fight, man. See what's really about to happen because uh, I think Roy might lose his head in this one, man. But I'll I'll see what y'all got to say. Yeah, bro, appreciate you having having me on. Go ahead, Stone. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying appreciate you having me on, bro. You know, like you said, we got to get things right. You know, take a break on the record, but we back. Uh, yeah, this fight that's coming up, I got. I got a bad feeling about it. That's all I'm going to say before we actually get into it. But I got a bad feeling about it, man. You got a bad feeling. All right, let's just do it, man. Come on now. Look. What? Is this your shortest fight ever? In any time? Amateur, professional ever? Assalamu alaikum, Maida. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah, Lennox Lewis. Lennox, I'm coming for you. Mike, is it frustrating to train like you did and then have no, this I, in seven or eight seconds? For this fight. I only trained probably two weeks or three weeks for this fight. I had to bury my best friend. 
and I dedicated this fight. I wasn't going to fight. I dedicated this fight to him. I was going to rip his heart out. I'm the best ever. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion there's ever been. There's no one can stop me. Lynx is a conqueror. No, I'm Alexander. He's no Alexander. I'm the best ever. There's never been anybody as ruthless. I'm Sonny Liston. I'm Jack Dempsey. There's no one like me. I'm from Nairclaw. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. Praise be to Allah. Are you saying now, Mike? Mike? I don't know who out there has been watching, uh, but both Roy Jones, Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson are fighting. Mike Tyson is 54 years old, man. He is 54 years old. Iron Mike Tyson, legendary. We all know who Mike Tyson is. Uh, I think he is internationally known. If you see Mike, you know Iron Mike. You, you don't fuck with Iron Mike. And he is facing off against another legendary boxer and Roy Jones Jr., who is 51. The battle of the 50-year-olds. <laughs> and I got to say, man, the videos have come out of practice. They've been training. Roy Jones looks fast. He looks fast. He's always been fast. Quick box. He, he's quick, but he also does have knockout power. Um, but man, <laughs> dude, Mike Tyson is just different, bro. Like, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what else to say. Like, Iron Mike is just different. He built different. He looked different. He built different. He talked different. We know Iron Mike, man, and I got a bad feeling. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about Roy Jones Jr. I, I got to ask y'all how y'all feel about this. So I was reading an article. They interviewed Mike. <laughs> Mike said, and I quote, I'm going to disable him. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> Wait a minute, bro. Hey, that's, that's a... <laughs> that's crazy, because I was just about to say, man, I don't... Uh... I don't know if the effects are going to be immediate, but this might be one of those events that we look back like 15 years from now, man. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Why is Roy Jones wilding the way he is? <laughs> and it might be because of this fight, man. <laughs> like, you know when AB was wilding out, man, and people traced it all the way back to the uh, the hit, uh, that game against the Bengals? And they said, oh, this is moment, bro. Yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah. We're going to look back. It, it might be that. That might be exactly what he means by disable him, man. This, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, we was just talking about the uh, Gucci versus Jeezy. Uh, um, the verses, like Jeezy said, CTE, you already know what it is. <laughs> hey, man. <laughs> that might be what he Look, look, I actually, I misspoke. I misspoke. <laughs> let me, I want to get the exact quote for y'all. All right, let me hear it, bro. <laughs> okay, all right. Hold on one second. Let me pull this up. <laughs> he said, uh, Iron Mike said, I prepare like I'm preparing for any fight because I'm a fighter. He said, I'm preparing to disable him. That's what he said. I'm preparing like I'd normally prepare because I'm a fighter and I plan on disabling him. <laughs> I'm like, yo, you can't be out here saying you put the people in wheelchairs, dog. 
Hey man, that's that's really mild for what he usually be saying. <laughs> so you know, what I'm saying this is this is the Zen Mike Tyson too, man. I think that's actually that might work for him, man. He's really out there, like you said. He's like, this is me taking it back and just being in my space. Roy might be looking for a check, man. I hope he's not. I don't know what Roy's financial situation is like. I ain't gonna say all that, but I'm just. I feel like Mike's coming in with a clear mind, man. And it's whew, we'll see though. I don't know what you think, Stone. Bruh, I don't know why they letting this go on. I don't know who signed <laughs> off on this, but I really feel like like Roy going he gonna get hurt, man. Because I've been watching the videos. Tyson look like he in shape. The old man Quick, strength man. is the old man strength is there, bruh. Like the power, the power, the power bro. Uh, <laughs> like the power the behind power. the punches. You can't take that punch. Man, Roy Jones, he a legend, you know, body headbangers, you know, we remember it, you know, but he, he should just, exactly. he should just sat this one out. He should just sat this one out. And, uh, I just, I just hope it, I, I think it's going down in two. I think it's probably going to be like two rounds. They might start gassing out and somebody's probably, somebody's getting knocked out. Nothing's I think it's going to be Roy. Y'all think it's going to be, y'all think they really going to go at it though? Or you think it's going to be more of like a, a sparring celebrity exhibition type? You know what I'm saying? We did this for charity type shit. I just don't I, I don't expect them to have the gas to just be like, we gonna spar for charity for like 10 rounds, bro. Like, I, I, I need to look up to see how long the fight is, but they, they're they gonna be gassed after two rounds, and I think I think they're just gonna come out just throwing blows, bro. Like, I, you look at Mike Tyson as a fighter and what he represents he trying to knock people out, bro. He yeah. only know one way. Yeah, yeah. He, he knows one way and one way only. If this was Floyd Mayweather, I'd be like, all right, right. maybe you know, maybe they'll calm down. But Roy Jones Jr. is the same way. He was also knocking people out, bro. So I think they're going to come out swinging. And I, I'm going to give Roy Jones his respect. I'm going to give him his respect. I don't think – I think they'll have to stop the fight before he just lets Mike just knock his ass out, which is almost terrifying because it could be even worse. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't know. This is just a terrible idea. <laughs> I don't bruh, understand. That's what I said, bro. Like, somebody take a rib <laughs> shot. It, it, they might get. They might be out of commission for a minute. Like, they're not young. They're not going to recover like how they used to. <laughs> it's, it's a bad idea. <laughs> I'm going to watch it. I'm going to definitely watch it. We didn't say that the jump train, but this is basically the I don't understand segment. <laughs> this is the I don't understand segment. We might as well look. We're gonna start this show off with the I don't understand segment. And this is it, man. What the fuck is going on here? Hey man, they that that hunger just there because I you know, I feel like both of them, at least I ain't heard. I know Mike not down bad. I haven't heard about Roy. I don't think he's down bad. So it's not a money thing, man. It's just a it's just that male ego, bro. That <laughs> they just it's hey, that testosterone. Yeah, they say I can still do it. I still got it. Hey, listen, young blood. It's been a long time since I knocked the motherfucker out, and it's right. it's a it's damn time. And you know they yeah, might got might got that itch. Yeah, they you're right. The they going for the knockout too, right? Can y'all imagine? Can y'all imagine like Mike Tyson? Both of these dudes, man. They've been knocking niggas out since they were what twelve years old. 11, 10, probably younger than that, bro. They probably been knocking people out on a consistent basis since they were youths, man. Little kids running around the playground, bro. And then all of a sudden, 
they can't knock somebody out. How would that make you feel? You know, <laughs> people out here disrespecting you, people out here talking crazy, man. I get it. I guess I, I'm trying to understand the urge to get back into the ring, and that has to be it, right? Hey, man, that's it. But that's that gamble. That's why Tyson said he's gonna dis, uh, disable him, man, because. You gambling with that, you know, oh, I still got it. I still had it. You know, I was one of the realest. I was one of the coldest. And then you get in that ring and you do it, man. You ride off in the sunset feeling like you really was that dude. But you you get put on that damn uh, ring floor, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Still punching at the air while you knocked out. Then that doubt starts start creeping in, man. Just <laughs> maybe I wasn't that cold. Bro, it only takes one. It takes one of these. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Get uppercut, bro. Take an uppercut. One good <laughs> uppercut from Tyson, bro. And that's <laughs> that's just a terrible look. That's what I'm saying, man. You're gonna be like, maybe it was all a facade. <laughs> but, uh, all right. So look, who y'all got in in what round? Let's assume oh, it's an eight-round fight. Let's assume it's an eight-round fight. Who you got in what round? I got you. I'm going to go Tyson in, in four. I'm going to go Tyson in four. Actually, no, I'm going to go Tyson in five. I'm going to give Roy five rounds. I'm going Tyson in three. Like I said, they coming out swinging. First yeah. two rounds, they, they going at it. They going to gas out by the third. I think Tyson might get him with one, and they going to say, all right, stop the fight. Yeah. Yeah, I already see uh <laughs> I'm reading a headline right now. Um <laughs> people accusing Mike uh, Mike Tyson of using PEDs. Hey, and he damn sure looked like it in that fucking video I saw where he was hitting that bag, bro. He look I was like, why does this man look like he still can go Super Saiyan? I don't understand. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go Mike. <sighs> bro, I'm going to go Mike in two. And that's I'm trying not to be disrespectful to Roy Jones. Actually, uh, I'm I'm gonna say three. I'm gonna say three. Okay, Mike and three. See, man, I think I think they're gonna eventually start throwing blows, but I think that for especially that first round, I think they're gonna be kind of just out there tiptoeing a little bit, like just feeling their way into it. Yeah, feeling the way because, like you said, like I can see that. Like I said, they don't want to they don't want to get embarrassed like that. Have just the whole career because that's what I'm saying. Like you old, but one knockout, that's like, that's the same thing as like, you know, the last fight of your career, man. I feel like they're looking at it like this going to be, this going to end up being a mark of my career. So I think they, they're not going to go out too bold, but eventually it's going to get there because like y'all said, they're going to get tired. And so they're going to be like, I, I I can warm up one, two rounds, but I can't go no damn, I can't go do them damn eight rounds. So I'm going to have to end this early. <laughs> and so that's going to lead to some wild dreams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the longer Terrifying. the fight goes, the more it, the more it's gonna favor or it's gonna favor Roy because you know from what we know about Mike, we know he been li- living his life on the on the edge, so you know he probably not in the best shape. So I feel like Roy might be in better shape. So you know the fight start going to five and six, it can you know it it might might turn the tide a little bit, but yeah. that's why I think three. Stretch it maybe round four. I think Mike might wrap it up. I agree. I feel like if it gets to like round four or five, it might just end up being a decision because they're just going to be too damn tired to yeah. to swing and hit somebody. Like they're going to, you got to protect yourself. They're not just going to let the man hit him. 
So uh, we'll see, man. We'll see. I need everybody out there to pray for Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. and hope they don't kill kill each other. Because, damn, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Oh, all right. So this is what we're going to do, people. This is what we're going to do. It is NBA Draft Week. This is the week where a franchise can turn the tide, man. Every year there is a winner in the draft. Every single year there is a winner, and there are a lot of losers. Most teams do lose. I think the NBA, NBA, and I think it is right up there with like baseball in my eyes in terms of like identifying a prospect. There's occasionally those generational type talents, but most years, man, it is basically like throwing a dart at the board outside of picks one and two. Uh, but with that being said, we have all kinds of talks. We, I, in our group message, fellas, we talk all the time about some of these decisions these GMs make uh-huh. that simply make no sense. That make no sense. We can we can go all the way back to the Pistons taking uh, passing on uh, Mello and others for Darko Melichek. Uh, we can fast oh, forward God. to a few years ago where the Cleveland Cavaliers selected Anthony Bennett Ooh. with the number one overall pick. Damn. We can uh, my sorry ass Hawks. Their time uh, we took Josh Childress, Afro man Josh Childress out of Stanford with the number two pick. <laughs> Marvin Williams over Chris Paul. The list, the list goes on and on. Uh, and, on, and on. But but it goes on and on, man, and it hurts. We we see a lot of familiar names in this top fourteen. So we gonna do top fifteen picks in this draft, um, and <clears throat> we're gonna we randomize the order. So. We randomized the order. Only There's only a couple teams where we actually got a dog in a fight, and we will pick those. So I'm going to pick for the Hawks. Stoney's going to pick for Detroit. But other than that, we're going to rock. And we don't know what the other – no one knows who who each other are picking. So we're really winging this. And we got to put on our GM hats and give y'all what y'all need. Hopefully your team gets the franchise player they deserve. And then we also can look back at this next year and say, damn, we trash, because I know there's going to be some misses. <laughs> <laughs> but with that being said, y'all got anything to say before we get this going? Man, nah, nothing. Nah. Let's just get into it, because uh, right, I feel yeah. like this draft, yeah, this draft is definitely going to be a random shot, man. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top. It's, it's going to be a lot about fit, man, if the right guy lands in the right spot. But uh, otherwise, I think it's uh, – it's a little bit of a roll of the dice to see who's really going to come out as like that dude out of this draft. I agree with that statement 100%. Um, all right, so let's get this started. So Kellen's got the first overall pick, and the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the clock. Yeah, we going with me as the number one? I thought I thought Stone had the number one. Oh, oh shit, my fault. No, you good, my you fault, good. People. I just I reverse that, reverse <laughs> that. I got. I just did an Excel spread spreadsheet. No, man, I'm over here messing up. Stone, you got the number one pick, dog. <laughs> Kellen, sit back, relax. You're on deck. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, he really randomized it again. We really don't know who picked who now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, number one for Minnesota. You know. A lot of people may go with the with the best player, who they feel is the best player, but I think I'm going to go with the best fit. So I would draft Anthony Edwards 
to play next to D'Lo at the two. And that's going to be my number one pick of the draft. Ooh. I like that pick. I like that pick. Anthony Edwards is solid, man. He is. 6'5", for the people out here, he's 6'5", 225. He already got an NBA body. The dude is athletic. He's explosive. He can play defense. He can go get his. There was a game, like, early in the season, like, they uh he went to Georgia. They played Michigan State. I think they lost the game, man, but he fought. I think he had about 30 in that game as a true freshman, and that was, like, one of his first games. So, Anthony Edwards is – I think he got some dog in him, and – they need some defense at heart. Somebody got to step up on defense. So I, I, I like that. They do, man. And I, I didn't want to take the ball out of D'Lo hands. I feel like that's he he plays he plays better with the ball. So I just feel like that's the best fit for they for their offense and, and what they want to do. Yeah. Hey, man. I like it. Yeah, I agree, man. I think. Uh, I mean, I probably would have gone Lamelo here. I like the uh, I like getting the ball out of D'Lo's hands a little bit, man. Uh, I think he could be a little bit better of a, a spot up a shooter, but uh, I, I definitely understand. I think Anthony Edwards will be a great fit because, like you said, he has a little bit of that dog in him that I think Cat uh, and uh, D'Lo could use next to them, especially on the defensive side of the ball, man, and, and providing that extra burst because um, uh, both of those guys can be a little too cool sometimes, man. So you need somebody who kind of just don't put their head down to work. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and the. You know, we saw Jimmy Butler in Minnesota, right? And that did not work out well with uh, Andrew Wiggins and Cat. I'm hoping whoever goes up there, they got to figure some shit out. They got Cat and D'Lo should not be with sitting here with the number one pick. It's completely <laughs> unacceptable. It makes no sense. Cat, if you want some respect in this league, you better find a way to win some fucking games. Point blank. Period. Um, as a former number one pick, y'all about to have two number one picks on y'all right. team. So, Minnesota, get fucking better. I'm tired of seeing y'all at the top of the draft, <laughs> ruining careers, ruining careers left and right. Man, this is the first time in a minute. We might have to look it up. This is the first time in a minute I've seen them with the, like the the number one pick. They usually in the lottery, but they never get that like in that like three to eight range. I feel like always they got it with yeah, cat. You know they just yeah they, they got just cat. up that uh yeah. 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 And KG, yeah, yeah, they changed up that the uh, the lottery format, so now you know it's it's gonna be easier for for like a little bit better teams to get that number one pick. Yeah, man, I like that too. I like that. I do too. I do too. Because tanking is nobody wants to see people tank. Like that's nobody wants to see that shit at all. But anyways, so moving on. Kellen with the number two pick in the draft, the Golden State Warriors are on the clock. Oh, man, it's going to be quick. You know, the only delay I'm going to have is because uh, LeVar going to be calling up my phone, complaining and bitching. And I understand. <laughs> but we're going to go with Big Wiseman. You know, they talked about fit. Stone talked about fit. I think uh, if, if LaMelo was the fall, I'd foresee Minnesota taking LaMelo. But if he was the fall, I just don't know, man. I just don't think for the Warriors, man, you, you're trying to win again pretty quickly. I think regardless, LaMelo is going to be kind of a uh, – it's going to take some adjusting um, coming in and, and having to immediately play with Clay with Curry. I think he can do it. I think it, it does have the potential to be really good. So this – you know, because I think LaMelo could have the potential to be uh, a really, really strong talent and just really fluid and, and, and have that kind of fun style that, that Curry promotes over there with the Warriors. But I think that, you know, putting a big man in there that all he has to do is run – um, be be the uh, young athletic 
uh, guy that he is and finish at the basket, protect the rim. I think it adds some versatility to him. He's not a guy that I would see finishing games for the Warriors right away, but I think it's a, it's a prospect that they can uh, really use. And uh, I think he would fit in right away. And it's just a, it's an easy role for him. And that's, I think, what you really want when you talk about a, a guy who can thrive coming right out of the draft. I think you want to put him in a position where he doesn't have to think a lot. And I think LaMelo's going to be in a situation where he's going to have to think a lot because he's going to be put in some situations where he's never been used to being that, being like the third, even sometimes fourth guy in terms of, you know, priority on the offense, especially when he's going to see Draymond getting some pick and rolls instead of him. He's going to flash out on that, and I don't blame him, but it's going to happen. Same thing with LeVar. So, you know, say I, I'm going to go with Wiseman at this pick. Solid. Yeah, man. Solid. Yeah. I think, in my opinion, that is the easiest pick in the draft. Right. Um, <laughs> it just makes it makes too much sense not to do yeah. it. Right? Like, it, it really does. And you did a great job of breaking that down. Uh, Stone, any thoughts on that, on that pick? Yeah, yeah. Just because when you think about it, even though the big man is kind of fading out of the league, in the West, you still you you're still gonna need a big because right. AD is in LA, Jokic is in Denver, um, <clears throat> so you're gonna need somebody to protect the paint. And as you saw, like even with like the Clippers, they had all the talent on the wing, but no no big inside, and they couldn't do anything with Jokic, and you know took the early L. So. I think it, like you said, it just makes the most sense, and it the fit. There's, there's not a better fit in this draft than Wiseman to nope. the Warriors. Nope, and he should be thrilled to start his career off with Steph and Clay, right. and he can just sit back and just be a dog on defense, rebound, run the floor, and slowly but surely develop your game over time. It just, it's a beautiful thing when you see things line up like this, right? <laughs> Because uh, man, there's a lot of shitty franchises that we're about to get to next, and uh, one that is at the top of people's minds, uh, at <laughs> top of my mind, because it's my pick. But the number three pick, the Charlotte Hornets, Michael Jordan, historically one of the worst GMs I've ever seen. Uh, they got the third pick in the draft, and you know, um, I'm gonna go with I think the best player left on the board. I think they just got to go get somebody with some star power. The small market city in Charlotte, you need to make, be able to fill seats and you just have a roster full of good, not great players. This dude is going to come to Charlotte and it's going to be his team from day one, and it, it, as it should. LaMelo ball to the Charlotte Hornets with the third pick. Young LaMelo, he's 6'7". Six seven. I, I don't know what his weight is. He looks skinny, but he's probably getting bigger. It's like every time I see this dude, he went from. Uh, I remember seeing this dude as a freshman in high school, jacking up threes from the fucking half court line, at five ten, five eleven, or maybe six one. To all of a sudden, he's six seven. He's playing in uh in Australia, averaging eighteen seven and seven. He's diamond. He's rebounding. He's shooting. He is a dude who I think. Um, I just think I think he's different than his brother. He just has a different level of aggression when it comes to getting to his spots and trying to create not only for his teammates, but actually for himself. I think Lonzo was definitely more of a, a pass first guard where LaMelo is somebody who is way more versatile from a scoring standpoint. Uh, if we're just comparing the two and with this roster, uh, 
watching them last year, they had Terry Rozier and uh, Devontae Graham, who I had on my fantasy basketball team. But this is a small backcourt. Scary Terry is 6'1". Devontae Graham is 6'1". And in the NBA, if you want to be able to defend people at a high level, you can't start two 6'1 guards. It just doesn't make sense. And neither one of these guys are stars in this league. So uh, one of them is going to have to move to the bench. Um, and I think pairing LaMelo with a, with a young pick and popper like P.J. Washington, who can also get to the rim, it creates a little bit of excitement in Charlotte. They need to find somebody else. But um, I think this is a good fit for LaMelo. It's not in a big city where he's going to have all of this pressure on him, all the lights, camera, action. It's in a smaller market, and he can be a little bit more low-key and just kind of build into his game rather than being thrust into the spotlight off rip. So uh, I'm going LaMelo, and I wish him the best. Hopefully he has a good career. Yeah, man, I agree with that. You just got to take the best player at that point, Um, especially with the Hornets. I don't think there's anybody really on their roster top to bottom that's like a a rock-solid person you can't move out of their spot or, you know, feel like, oh, is LaMelo going to infringe on their growth? I don't think they really have any prospects like that on their roster at the moment, so you just got to go with best player available. And uh, you're right, I think it could work out with him being in a smaller market, less less attention on him and having the ability to kind of just grow into his own, so – Yeah, you couldn't have. Yep, you couldn't have said it any better than that. Um, Lamelo to the Hornets, it just makes sense because they don't have any star power on that team. And honestly, I feel like Scary Terry is he might be better as a six man, so that would just make that transition a little bit easier. They might have actually something they can build around if they start Graham and Lamelo, and then bring Rozier, you know, off the bench as a six man. That's something better than what they got going right now. So. I definitely think that's the right move. Yeah, they can't get much worse. So uh, there's only one way to go, and it's up for the Charlotte Hornets. Um, Hopefully. It's just like they're stuck in mediocrity, man. Absolutely stuck. So uh, with that, though, we'll we'll wrap up the third pick and transition to Chi-Town. And Stone has the fourth pick in the draft. Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan's team. What's going on, Stone? How you feeling? What's up, what's up with this pick? Man, you know, as a as a rival, you know, I I want them to, you know, go 0 and 82 every year. But, <laughs> you know, since I have since I'm since I'm acting GM and you know, we don't have Henry on the line to take this pick, I'll go ahead and do it. Um all the research I did, um it led to Denny Avdija, I guess that's how you say it if I mispronounced it. Um, Euro League player out of Israel. Um, I think it's what they need. It looks like he plays like the three and the four, um, six nine uh, wing. You know, Otto Porter. They signed him, and you know he hasn't given them anything. So I'm sure they're looking to replace him. Uh, from what I was reading up, they're not too sure about Laurie and how long you know he'll be on the team. He wasn't happy with. Uh, Jim Bowling, the, the previous coach, but you know they got Billy Donovan now, so that that could change. But I feel like that'll be a good that'll be a good draft pick for them to plug in at the three or the four, and you know see see what else they got. They, you know they're kind of rebuilding. Uh, who knows what they'll do with Levine? Hopefully he gets traded. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know if you guys maybe have a different pick for number four. No man, I like that pick a lot. Um, I think he's uh, 
he's somebody who's he's had a lot of, a lot of time at like a professional stage. Um, he's young, but you know, similar to Luca. Not saying he's gonna be Luca, but um, similar to that, he's had some opportunities to kind of play at a, a pretty big stage on the professional level overseas. And he's just versatile, man. I like the the versatility he brings, and I think the the Bulls roster could especially use that in that kind of forward position, man, and kind of be that 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 three to four who can uh, put the ball on the floor if you need to, hit an open shot if you need him to. So um, I don't know. I think Onyeka would have been nice there with his defense. You know, they're like projecting him to kind of be like a little bit of a mini Bam, um, which is you know wishful thinking because uh, Bam is that dude. But uh, I think. Uh, you know, that's not a bad pick at all. If I was in that spot, I definitely would have looked at Denny. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't really know what the plan is in Chicago because you got Wendell Carter, who you drafted in the lottery. You got Lori, who right. you drafted fairly high. And then you got Zach Levine. It's like they're another one of these teams where you look at them on paper and they, they got young talent. They should be better. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think this guy, I watch his film um, and – He's got something to him. Like he's got a handle. Right. He's six nine. He can shoot it. It looks like he can make open threes, which is always a, a huge bl- uh, plus. Um, and he, I, I have like, a, I think of two players when I'm like his peak and then bust potential, right? Because I see him as being like he could be a poor man's. And Chicago fans will enjoy this. Nikolo Miracic, or however the fuck you pronounce his last name. <laughs> Right. He could be that same exact kind of player. And then um, but I think uh, and I think he would be a little bit worse because I don't know if it's bust. Nicolo actually balled for a couple seasons. Um, But I see like his ceiling as a Lamar Odom type player Um, because he can handle the ball. I saw him drop some dimes. He looks like he can get to the basket and he can shoot threes, but he's more of like a point forward than anything else. So. Um, I can definitely see there being some potential there. Yeah, from what I read, I saw um, he had some comparisons to Hito Turgaloo. And, you yeah. know, oh, interesting. Turgaloo was cold for a few years. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if Chicago can end up with a Turgaloo type player, I know that would be a dub for them. Yeah, man, I just like guys you can pick up in the draft where you, you know, you're on the perimeter, you're swinging the ball, and he has size. And when, when it swings to him on the perimeter, it's not just like a stop. You know, he you know he has a little bit of craftiness. He can do something with it, whether that's shooting or at least put it on the floor for a couple of dribbles. At least that's what he's projecting to do. Um, you know, I like to see that earlier in the draft. So, um, yeah, that's why I, I I don't think that's a bad pick at all. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All right, let's move over to uh, let's let's keep things going in the Midwest, another yeah. cold city. Uh, Kellen, you got the pick number five in the Man. Cleveland Cavaliers are up. Goodness gracious. This this organization, man, just if if Bra Bra was not born in Akron, man, goodness. They that organization would probably be in Seattle right now, man. That's how I feel about the Cavaliers. I don't think they're talked about enough when you look at the level of ineptitude that they have, man, it's just crazy. I don't even really know what to do with this squad right now. You have such a log jam at the front, man. You got just bodies there that, you know, in a perfect world, you would make space for a young guy. But I think they got so much on the books in that front court, and they're not going to be able to move them, I don't think. Um, which is why, I, you know, I just set the stone, you know, I would have been looking at Onika there um with that fourth really the third and the fourth pick 
but I just don't see him working in Cleveland. I think it's it would be a horrible situation for him. Um, you have him in a situation where there's a bunch of uh, ball dominant guards and a log jam up there in the front court. So I'm actually going to go with Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I think he was a really, really good fit for them in terms of his, his floor spacing. And he does have the ability to, to add some playmaking. He's six, five. I know they got a uh, Colin Sexton there and Darius Garland. I do think Darius Garland as of right now, unless he kind of makes a leap in the off season um, is, is kind of projected as like a scorer off the bench. Um, and so I think he fits in nicely next to Colin Sexton um, because he has the ability to still be a playmaker, but can play off the ball because he can um, hit the three. He's actually a, a very solid catch and shooter in this draft. And I think that team desperately needs some spacing, um, especially if they really want Colin Sexton to thrive and for that pick to kind of to pan out. Because I do think he has a little juice um, in him to, to, to be a, a solid starter in this league and, and has the potential to be be something more um but uh i think that they, they, they need that floor space and so that's why i'll probably go halliburton i like that pick um i think he's different from uh even though they guard they drafted two guards darius garland and colin Sexton right. over the last couple of years with the first pick i think he has a different dimension because of his length um yeah being in six five like he, he i think at worst he's a three and d guy yeah um, and there's nothing wrong. You can't go wrong with three and D guys. Exactly. Like, so I like that. What's that, you Stone? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I'm actually really upset that he made that pick because I was hoping that he would fall to seven. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so that just kind of threw me off. So. Yeah, so I really think that was a great pick because the Cavs need anything uh, like you were highlighting earlier. Um, but I think that's specifically what they need for reasons that you said to bring Garland off the bench because um, Sexton and Garland starting at the same time is not going to work. Um, I was also looking at uh, at them possibly getting OB Toppin. Yeah. But I, I, can't, I can't fault you for making that uh, Halliburton choice. That's That was a great one. Yeah, solid, solid. All right, let's move on down south to my Atlanta Hawks with the sixth pick. Atlanta. And this one, this one is so tough for me because I really I, – I don't know if they should keep this pick. I, I really think Atlanta should explore trade options. Um, we've had a lot of draft picks over the last three years, man. We've had – I think we've drafted five dudes in the first round over the last three years. Um, so we've got a lot of – talent young talent i think they're good they're going to be better um on the team already we just signed clint or we just traded for clint capella um and we have john collins um so i'm torn on this pick between two people i'm torn between onyeka and obi Toppin. um and i think the hawks need to find a way to continue uh to build around trey young um and I'm so torn. I'm so torn because I, my player comparison for Obi Toppin, he reminds me of a young Kenyon Martin. Um, and I know that's a bold statement because Kenyon Martin was a dog at Cincinnati. Um, but dog. an absolute dog. Uh, but this dude, I, I like his athleticism. He can shoot it. He's a, he, The problem I have with him is defensively, I don't know what he's going to bring me. Um, and for that reason, I'm going to have to go ahead and take on Yekka 
uh, from USC. Um, like Kellen said earlier, his player per comparison, um, I, I've seen it as a young Bam out of Bayou. When you look at the kid, he's 6'9", he's already 245 pounds, um, and he got better. Um, he started. He, he got better as the season went on, but the dude averaged 17 points, eight rebounds, almost three blocks a game. He's shown that he can score the ball. He's shown that he can rebound. He's shown he can block shots. Um, and the Hawks desperately need some heart on the defensive end more than we need somebody who's going to light the show on fire on offense. Like, I would love to see if the Hawks take Obi Toppin here and it's Trey Young and Obi Toppin pick and roll showtime. I would love it. But uh, I think he's a better fit for the Hawks today. Um, and we can go ahead and maybe move Clint Capella's contract. I don't know if he's going to stay on the team. I have no idea. Uh, but adding some competition to that uh, to the to that big man room is absolutely necessary. Yeah, I agree, man. That's, I think that's a solid pick. Um, I don't think Obi probably would have fit right there. I just don't think between him and Collins, he would probably get the ball enough to be effective. And I think Oyeka is going to be an impact immediately defensively because that's what they need. He's a solid rim protector, and uh, the Hawks going to need rim protection with the, all the damn. Uh, Flybys and uh, runbys that Trey Young about to be giving up for the couple of years till he uh, relax <laughs> <laughs> till he approves yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Until he you've been in the weight room. <laughs> he been in the weight room, bro. He had the uh, he gonna come out next year with the SpongeBob anchor arms, bro. Hey man, look, one of these days Trey Young gonna pull up to the gym looking like swole Mike Bibby, bro. <laughs> Oh my gosh, bro! <laughs> hey, he get to swarm like Bibby, man. The the three's gonna go from an A plus to a, a B minus almost immediately. <laughs> uh, no, like I said, man, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, the Hawks will find a way to trade this pick for some. Find a way to get an impact player. I don't care how you do it. We need somebody who's established, like. They have no veteran leadership on this team. And it's to just sit around and watch a bunch of young dudes. It, it, the NBA experience matters, man. Experience matters when it comes to finding ways to win basketball games. And we don't need any more rookies on the team. So hopefully we'll see. That being said, though, I'm going to pass the torch over. Let's go back up north. Let's go to Detroit. Stone, your Pistons are on the clock at 7. You got a decision to make. Yeah, I mean, you made it. You made it pretty easy for me. I would have been choosing in between, you know, between those two, Obi and Onyeka. So, if this if it plays out like this, they don't need to waste any time. Just walk, you know, Adam Silver, come on the virtual screen and say, Piston select Obi Toppin with the seventh pick. Because, you know, like you say, he looks like a young Kenya Martin. He kind of reminds me, you know, he has some Blake Griffin in him. So him playing next to him, learning how to, um, you know, how to get around defenders who who are going to try to take away his, you know, his drive to the rim. You know, Blake really has developed his three-point shot. So I think that'll be good for his development if he comes and learns from, uh, from Blake. Damn, I forgot they had Blake, man. That's like <laughs> – that's that's interesting, man. He can do all the things Blake used to do. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> Dude, what the Blake? Blake was so bad last year, bro. I was like, 
we were talking before the show about Markel Fultz losing the the the, the monsters coming and taking his powers, bro. When watching Blake, I felt the same way, bro. Wild man, I was like, what's what happened? Man, too many oops, bro. The knees is you know starting to give out. Starting to give out. Hey, let's hope that Blake can get it together and uh and mentor young Obi uh in Detroit. Um Kelly, you got anything, any any words for, for the people of the Motor City? Yeah, I like that pick, man. Um I like going with uh Obi right here. I think it, it adds a little bit of fun to the Motor City, right? You have a uh a guy who's a young high flyer. I think uh Blake can uh kind of take him under his wing a little bit. Uh and uh, see how he goes. I, I like him as a scorer, too. He's a guy who can just kind of go out there and get some buckets. It'll be interesting to see how he develops into the NBA because I do think he's one of those guys who's like – he's really good in college, but when he gets to the NBA, he's one of those one of those dudes who besides, you know, jumping out the gym and, and being a, a pretty solid finisher, he's kind of just okay at everything. Um, he reminds me a little bit in terms of skill set, maybe not exactly a style of play, but just in that manner. He's kind of like a Tobias where it's like he's just kind of okay with everything. He can get some buckets. So it'll be interesting to see how that translates uh, into the NBA space. But I do think he, uh, he's a top prospect um, in this draft. I, I I mean, I didn't see him sliding past this pick at all because, uh, for me, I think this is a, is a solid choice for the Pistons. Yeah, um, I do think that of all the people, man, I don't know why, but I see some serious bust potential with Obi. I, I think right. his floor, I think his floor could be – uh, y'all remember Derek? Uh, Derek Williams. Yep. Derek Williams, bro, you took the. Oh my wow. goodness! Yeah, I was just about to say <laughs> I, that. Yeah, exactly. I was literally about to say that. That's just, yes, yes, sir. Yeah, he he was uh, the same way coming out of what Arizona, bro. Yeah. Like, he was dominant. He yeah. was like college football player of the year, close to, and then he got in the NBA, and he was the same size, man, like that 6'8", 6'9", 215, can't figure out a position, but he can shoot a little bit, but he's more of a dunker, and he got on the wrong team, the game didn't translate, and he ended up being a bust, an absolute bust. Yeah, only thing I'll say is the game was the game was still a bit bigger then. Um, True. So it was kind of you know it was a lot easier to be a tweener. I feel like now like Obi would definitely slide and be like a small ball four, and I feel like he he would be straight right there. I agree. I agree. I think this is a much better time for him to be in the league than yeah. five years ago, ten yeah, years no, ago. I definitely agree. The floor is definitely Derek Williams. One. <laughs> And that's where we're at. And that's where we're at already in this draft, right. man. That's where we're at, man. Like you, these people, we giving these, we we're being very generous with these comparisons, right? We we naming stars, but when when in reality, these dudes are gonna a lot of these dudes, most of them are gonna be role players. Uh, so I, you will start to hear the role player roles uh, moving forward. <laughs> I don't I don't know yeah. how many, we could be wrong. We could be wrong, but we shall see. Uh, with that said, Kellen, we're going to the New York oh, Knicks. <laughs> oh, the Knicks, man! Number eight. Yeah, man. As a uh, as a Cowboys fan, I have a lot of uh, a lot of I understand energy <laughs> for the the New York Knicks, man. Uh, even the Cowboys have a few more rings recently. You know, the Knicks was uh, did they win in the shot clock era? 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't think you should disrespect the Cowboys and put them in the same vein as the New York Knicks. Yeah. We're thinking <laughs> we gotta. They nah, man. They ain't no no rings in New York. City. Yeah, man. No. It's just, uh, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't even think Walt Frazier got Willis one. Reed, since day. Willis Reed came up. <laughs> since Willis bro, Reed ain't been there. Yeah, it's ain't been there, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's crazy. Shoot, Thank man, you, I have no Thank idea you, what man. to do with this pick. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I think the Knicks are in an interesting spot here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they moved this pick. I don't think they should, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did it because I just don't know who – you take at this this juncture, but um, I'm gonna go with a, another point guard. The league is moving to a guard heavy. I know they got Dennis Smith up there. I know they got Frank up there. They have a lot of point guards up there that they've kind of tried their hand with. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Killian Hayes out of France. Um, I think he just provides some some decent tools at six five for a point guard um, that Thibodeau can use in his uh, kind of kind of aggressive style of play. He can guard both uh both positions out there in the backcourt um he's a solid playmaker um and so I'm, I'm gonna go with Killian Hayes right there I just think he's a, a decent fit there in the backcourt and really it's because I'm looking at the rest of the board I don't really want to take Isaac Okoro um I think he's going to be a really really good defender in this league but I don't think he really has any other tools right now that you can project out when you're looking at the Knicks roster I think he'll just end up being another clog there on the offense um, at least Killian's going to be out, going to be there to get you get some playmaking into the offense and a little bit more than what you know. I don't think Dylan, Dennis Smith isn't that guy. I think he is in the same vein as like a Darius Garland. I think he might end up being best as a guy that comes off the bench playing some some heavy minutes as an offensive spark. And I I don't know that the the jury's a little out still on Frank. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, and then just with you look at the rest of their backcourt, there's nothing there really. So I'm, I'm gonna go with Killian Hayes. Yeah, you can't hate it on this point, man. Yeah, like we said, we're in the dog, we're in the dog <laughs> hours of the draft already, <laughs> at, <laughs> and we haven't even got to pick ten. Uh, this draft is uh, it's tough, man. It is tough. Um, the Knicks just have such a bad roster. Right. Because I'm just think they need help I'm, everywhere. I'm thinking about putting Isaac next to Kevin Knox, and I'm just I don't like that. <laughs> just, I don't like. I'm it just thinking about that. I just don't like that for their future. Uh, you know, I, and RJ Barrett yeah. is like three of the same, right? <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, and I think you know, he can get RJ some looks, he can put RJ in some good spots. He's also a guy that can, uh, uh, you know, defer to RJ when he needs to. Um, and again, I think I like the size he brings to the backcourt as well, um, while still giving you kind of that, that, that perimeter feel and perimeter savvy, yeah. And Knicks fans, look, if anyone understands, I do. Y'all drafted Kevin Knox over Michael Porter Jr. <laughs> like, when you had nothing to lose, you had nothing to lose. You took Kevin Knox over Michael Porter Jr. Man. My goodness. Oh, it hurts. It hurts. Good luck, New York City. <laughs> All right, so let's go down to Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. The Wizards are pick nine. And this team is interesting. You got John Wall coming off of another injury. You got Brad Beal, who has asserted himself as an elite scorer in this league. Um, you got uh, the tank. Uh, what's his name? Thomas, uh, the, the center. I can't even remember. Uh, um, uh, Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. Thomas Bryant. The tank Thomas Bryant. 
Um, I think what's missing from this team is a Trevor Ariza-ish type player. Um, I'm going to be very honest. I, I don't really like this prospect, but I think he's the best fit for them. And this is Patrick Williams uh, from Florida State, 6'7", 215. Um, he showed some promise, uh, as I think he can be a good, def- an elite defender. Uh, so really that's where it's going here. I think he can be a really good defender. He's long, he's six, uh, he's six, nine or six, seven, excuse me, but he has a six eleven wingspan. Um, and he shot 84% from the free throw line, which is pretty damn good. Um, 83.8% from the free throw line is impressive. And I like looking at free throw shooting when I'm like trying to understand, like if shooting is going to transfer, uh, because uh, every time, everyone I've seen who ends up being a really good shooter in the NBA always shot really well from the free throw line in college. Um, three point shots can be all over the place as far as percentages, but that's a consistent measure in my opinion. So I think he can be developed into a three and D guy. Here's my issue with this kid. He averaged nine points a game last year. Um, And he did only shoot 32% from three. And it's very hard for me to sit here and, and hype up a dude who averaged nine points a game (laughs) in college. Like it's, it's almost disgusting. I'm like, the fact that we're just giving out millions of dollars, like, <laughs> for, nine, for nine points a game. I need more. I need more, Patrick. I need more. You need to give this city more. They're going to draft you with a top 10 pick. You're going to go hang out with Brad Beal and John Wall. So guess what? If you average nine points on this team, you might look like a superhero. Uh, so with that being said, Washington, enjoy your 3 and D guy. Uh, I'm... <laughs> I'm going to put a floor on, as far as a player comparison on this guy. Ugh. <laughs> Damn. It could be bad, people. Let's let's just be real. This could be really bad. Um, we could almost compare him to a Josh Childress. Hey, <laughs> uh, that's hey, that's hilarious you said that, man, because when you said uh, who got drafted this high, averaging nine points a game, I quickly went to the phone, man, looked up uh, – Marvin Williams' stats, man. He barely made it. He was at 11. He's at 11.6. I was like, that's the other person I could think of. Yep. You, you, it's really, it's one of those situations, man, where it's like, I don't think anyone just develops into being a star after averaging that little points in a game. So it's tough. It's tough. Uh <laughs> That being said, let's move on. So, Stone, uh, you, you get to come down to the city I'm in, man. Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah. Uh, this team looks like it's on the rise. Man, you know, I really like this team, man. Uh, they really did a lot in the bubble. D-Book, he's a superstar in the making. You know, I got I'm, I got questions about it. Yeah, yeah I got yeah, I got uh, I got questions about Aiden, um, you know, defensively, but you know, he, he he got time to get better. He's still showing promise as a seventeen and ten guy. Um, but with this pick, I think I will go with uh uh Kira Lewis Jr. out of Alabama, uh point guard. <clears throat> I like that for the Suns just because um, you know, we know Rubio's getting a bit older. Um he's only gonna be the starter for so for so much longer. And I feel like D-Book plays the best off the ball. 
Um, he's still a great uh, playmaker, but I feel like him coming off of screens and not having to do so much uh, with the ball is going to be uh, the way to make his game most effective. Uh, so I think them getting a point guard here at 10 is uh, where to go. Um, you know, with the other point guards that have been taken off the board, I think uh, Kira Lewis is the Kira best, Lewis. best choice right it's here. It's an interesting pick. Um, uh, any any uh, hesitation for uh, Cole Anthony over Kara Lewis? You know, I thought about that. Um, I, I still I feel I feel like that might be a safer pick. Um, I, I like his uh, his guard skills a little bit better as far as like running like the true one, like running the one. So that's why I want him over Cole. But Cole is also I I completely understand. I completely understand. I think he's going to be solid. Um, he brings athleticism, size, uh, jump shot, quickness, ball handling. He, I think this kid has potential for sure. Um, 6'3", 170, so he's athletic enough to get the job done without a doubt. Um, point guard is just a hard position to play in the NBA. Um, there's a lot of pressure on you to lead the team. So I think fit matters here. Um, and uh, – yeah, and I think uh, as long as they have, they need to find Ricky Rubio, either re-sign Ricky Rubio or get another veteran point guard to mentor him so he can build into a backup role. I don't know if dude is ever going to be like a serious starter, but I think he can be a contributor for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, and I, exactly. He's going to be kind of like a project, so you definitely want him behind Rubio um, for a couple years um, until you see how he develops. But yeah, he should just be a solid, uh, solid contributor, like you said. Yep, yep. All right, Kellen. Uh, we gonna go. We, let's go down to San Antonio. Let's do it. Y'all got me. Y'all hear me? Number eleven. Yeah, we can hear you. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, man. I'm gonna go with uh, Devin Vassell, man. Three uh, and D guy coming out of Florida State. Um, so play next to uh, Patrick Williams there. I think he just kind of fits in nicely to um, the Spurs, uh, what they're trying to do. I don't think you're going to find anybody here that's going to be a franchise-changing piece. But if you could kind of find somebody who kind of is a plug-and-play player who can come in immediately, and whether it's you know kind of like a seventh guy off the bench or if, if he ends up getting a little bit more minutes, especially if they're able to move DeMar like I hear they're trying to do, just somebody who can kind of help out the offense, be a guy who can who could defend well. Um, I think when you're – projecting is not a very great team. The, the one thing you want to be able to do is at least have some some grit and grind on the defensive end. I think he can provide a little bit of that while also providing some perimeter playmaking So in terms of shot making. So that's where I would go with the Spurs. Um, but that's that's really it, man. Like you said, it's a lot of dart throws. At, at this point, I think he just kind of fits in well. It's a nice plug-and-play piece. Yeah, man. Yeah, um, I, I agree. It's – it is tough out here trying to find diamonds in the rough, uh, but um, he played well in limited games uh, this year. Um, and he, I think he brings that. Uh, the San Antonio always has like dudes who just like know their role. And I think right. with pop, he, he can shoot. He's long. I think he can play that Danny green type role. Maybe um, I think that's like, he should be aiming to be Danny green. <laughs> yeah there's, there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being danny green like find a way to just be danny green you know what i mean 
<laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Dan Green does still collect checks, man. He still collects checks. <laughs> but <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Yeah, man. Solid pick. Uh because I'm looking at the numbers and he only averaged 1.6 assists. So he's obviously not a playmaker. But he shot 41% from the he shot 40 42 percent right. from the three. So yeah, if he can just, you know, spot up, aim to be Danny Green, especially in that Spurs system, um, you know, he could be there for a little while. That's solid. Very solid pick. Yeah. Yeah, man, I agree. So, yeah, I think that they they get a bunch of guys on their squad. They're just some long defenders who can make some shots, man, and uh, make some plays. I think they they kind of project to be somebody who can uh, just set the foundation for another piece to come in, and that's I think what you're really looking for right now at this point in this draft is pieces for for that can maybe mold around a, a star or another prospect later on. For sure, for sure. Um, all right, for this next one, I'm gonna go. Uh, so Sacramento, Sacramento, Sac Town is up next, and this team, uh, Buddy Hill is on it. They have Buddy Hill. They got De'Aaron Fox. They got uh, I think Harry Giles, um, and then the rest of the roster is just I, I don't even know. I really don't even know what they're trying to do up in Sac Town. They just fired Vladi Divox, so. It's tough, man. I I think I think every right everyone right now has to build like with the idea that Anthony Davis and the Lakers are are the team to beat. So we got to find some big men. Um, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take a big stretch right here. Big stretch because I really feel like at this point in the draft we're just kind of throwing darts at the board anyway. And I'm gonna say they should take Vernon Carey from Duke. So I'm going to go Vernon Carey from Duke uh, with this pick to San Antonio. I don't think Vernon Carey's projected this high in any drafts, but the the kid, he produced at an extremely high level at Duke freshman year, averaged 18 points a game, just under nine rebounds, uh, one and a half blocks. He's a big man uh, that can score, and he's solid, man. He almost He's like a poor man's boogie. He's not boogie, obviously, but he's like a poor man's boogie. And uh, I think that um, I, I think he can find a place in this league uh, with his ability to create, obviously, defensively. Uh, the challenge for him is that he's a big dude. He's 275 pounds um, at 6'10", 6'11". Um, but I, I think, and he's more of an old school guy. So system fit is going to matter with him. Um, I do have issues. I do think that could be a problem here because De'Aaron Fox is trying to get up and down the court, uh, which would just simply mean that he got to get his big ass in shape. So, um, and run the floor and, uh, so you gotta, you, when you got a good guard, Guard's best friend is a big man that can set screens, roll to the basket, and I and I think he can do that. So I'm gonna go with Vernon Carey to Sacramento, way ahead of schedule. Yeah, very ahead of schedule, bro. <laughs> this is a reach. This is a reach. Yeah, I had to. I had to go. I had to go to page. I had to go to page two on the day on the big board, man, to figure it out. Man. He's projected to go in the mid twenties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, I agree, man. I think it's it'll, it'll be an interesting fit. I um I would be curious to see how do you guys feel about Bagley playing more of the five, man, um and and them going a little bit smaller, especially with Fox trying to speed it up. I am curious about having two 
uh, guys there next or a guy there next to Bagley who doesn't really isn't as much of a four spacer and more of a big man if that kind of restricts him a little bit. That um, is a problem. So that would be my only concern there. But I, th- I do think it is a good good fit for Fox. He also is a guy that maybe you don't have him coming in. He's not playing big minutes next to Bagley. He's a guy that's maybe in there when Bagley's taking a rest. Um, that's, I think, at this point in the draft with this class, you're looking for some guys who, you know, they're not going to give you 30 minutes right away. You know, they, they can come in and give you 20, 20 to 25 solid minutes. Yeah, I saw a player comp that I actually kind of like for this. It is not what I was expecting, but I was like, huh, interesting. I got two people in mind, and one is one of these I think is like a ceiling, and I think the ceiling here is Zach Randolph, um, and that's a high ceiling because Zebo was a fucking yeah. dog, right? Absolute yeah. dog. But uh, I I like this kid's ability to score. I think so I think more realistic high ceiling would be like Sabonis. Um, I like okay. that. I like that Sabonis move. Marvin Bagley, my issue with him is that he hasn't stayed healthy one bit for one month in the league, it feels like. He's been hurt his entire he career. Uh, so if you're not available, somebody else got to come in and play. Uh, and I'm sorry, Harry Giles, but you are not the answer, sir. You you just aren't. So <laughs> we, can, we can move on, though. Nobody cares about Sacramento. No disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got they got Luke Walker. They got Luke Let's Walker. Let's go to a more exciting team. An exciting team. A team with a, a real future, you know? Yeah, who we got? We got New Orleans, right? Yeah. Yeah, pick, right. 13, pick 13. New Orleans. For New Orleans. Uh, young Zion, man. Man, obviously this team has a lot of young young pieces, a lot of upside. Um, but they also got um, some older pieces that will probably be moving out. So I would draft uh, Jalen Smith out of Maryland, uh, sophomore, a sophomore, 6'10 guy, uh, just because um, I don't know how long Favors is going to be there. And, again, we just kind of searching for talent at this point in the draft. Um, he put up 15-10 last year as a sophomore and averaged uh, almost two-and-a-half blocks. So showing he can um, hold down the paint if it's uh, whether it's him in there or uh, Jackson Hayes, um, I think that would be solid because uh, you I don't know how much you want Zion running the five, uh, so you want to have some rim protection in there with him. Yeah, I agree. Zion running the five is is just not the move for the long term. I, I could see it for a couple minutes here and there, but uh, I think Jackson Hayes is definitely the future for them at center if he can bulk up and beat Tyson Chandler. Uh, if if he can beat Tyson Chandler, that's a win. Um, I I thought I think I don't know. I think New Orleans. The only thing I'm thinking is like maybe they go guard here with the uncertainty of like Drew Holiday and having to resign Lonzo. Um, that's that's the only other move I would think they might do. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too. Um, but I I just kind of went for like best available. Uh, just because I feel like we right. might, we might be reaching if we you know go for a guard with what's you know transpired so far in our draft. Oh yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. We we going big men, man. The big men are back. I like it. <laughs> All right, Kelly, let's go to uh, the best team we've talked about so far. Uh, yeah, man. The Boston Celtics have pick fourteen. Boston just keeps on loading up with the good draft picks, man. Yeah, man, it's, they've been uh, 
Danny they were fleecing some teams for a while. Yeah, Danny Ainge was, man. He's just, you know, there's unfortunately a handful of competent GMs, and Danny Danny Ainge has flashes of that sometimes. And so what that means is he gets a lot of opportunities to take advantage of the less fortunate ones. <laughs> um, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna go here is because he's still on the board, and I'm just gonna kind of go a little bit of best available or, or somebody who I think was projecting a little higher than this. That's this guy I talked about earlier was Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. Mm-hmm. He's a really, really good defender. Yeah, he's a really, really good defender. And I think signing him in next to Jalen and Jason Tatum and just having that kind of like a a, just a rotating uh, door of just decent perimeter guys, bigger wing players who you can put on like two, three, and even four nowadays when you look at where the game is trending or has trended. Um, I like that pick for them. Um, Another person I was looking at here was – was young precious out of Memphis because of the same reasons just at the at the in the front court of being able to add to the defensive prowess that I think the uh, the Celtics already have. I know one thing I did not project for uh, Tatum coming out of coming out of college was that he would end up being that good of a defender this quickly, and so I think just um, loading up on those wing defenders, man, would would really really make the Celtics a uh, um, just a nuisance and a pest for, you know, when you look at some of the guys that got to go up against in the East, when you look at Giannis, when you look at um, Jimmy, and then once KD is healthy as well, and if the rumors are true, if, if Harden ends up over there too, man, you're just, you're just going to need a, just a, yeah, <laughs> you're just going to need just a, a constant stream of, you know, athletic, young, hungry defenders. And I think if, if the Celtics, I, I don't think he'll fall this low, but if they're able to grab him right here, I think that would be a nice little value pick for him. And they could really slide him in next to uh, Jalen and Jason and, and have some really strong defensive perimeter play. Yeah, you can never have enough wings, right? You can never have enough good wings. Right. And having those dudes in front of you, you, you got all the time in the world to just develop and learn. So, um Stack another draft asset. Who knows? You can patch it up for something else. Uh, and Stone, any any thoughts on that Boston pick? Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like Okoro at at what would that be fourteen? That would be a yeah. That would be a steal. Oh no, I was just saying that would be a steal if uh, if he was to fall to fourteen to Boston. Um, yeah, just cause like y'all said, you can never have too many wings. Um, Hayward, you know they they won't be paying him forever, so. Um, you're gonna have to have somebody to back up uh, Jalen and uh, and Tatum, so <clears throat> so yeah, great pick. Yeah, solid value, solid value late in the draft. Um, and there's people, who, hey man, these these mid these t- this ten to twenty range, there's always a star or two. There's always an all star. Most of the time, most drafts you find some player that balls out, and it could be him. Um, the next and the final team we are going to talk about today is the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic are on the clock. And boy, this is an interesting roster. Um, with Markel Fultz trying to find his powers back, trying to get, trying to become a solid young player in this league after high expectations and pitfalls and injuries, whatever the hell happened to him. And then you, you got a mix of Aaron Gordon uh, Jonathan Isaac, Mo Bamba, Vucevic, who I love. I know Stone, you like Vucey too. Um, it, it, this is an interesting Vucey roster, made, man. man. And uh, for them, <laughs> for them, uh, in this pick though, I I have to go with Cole Anthony here. 
um, young Greg, Greg Anthony's son uh, from University of North Carolina. Um, I, I really like this kid coming out of uh, high school. Um, I thought he was going to be I, – I, I just think he has uh, some dog in him. Um, I think he struggled a little bit um, in terms of efficiency and scoring. Um, I think a lot of guards, it can be hard uh, adjusting to playing in a system. Um, and he's going to have to find a way to show that he can play in a system because a hey, hero ball just does not work in the NBA unless you that dude and he's not that guy yet. Um, so, but I think putting some pressure on Mark Hill Fultz to continue to improve and giving yourself a young guard uh, when you got a crowded room full of bigs is never a bad idea. Um, unfortunately, I think they need a shooter, and I don't think he's going to space the floor as well as you would hope. Uh, he's very similar to Markel Fultz, if we're being honest. Like, he's a dude who can get to the basket. He's a dude who's athletic. He got some bunnies. He can drop some dimes, but he's definitely more of a scoring guard. So it, it'll be interesting to see those two personalities and working together. But, hey, man. Pressure creates diamonds, and competition is necessary at all positions. Nobody should feel safe, um, and they got it. Uh, they got an elder on their team, and uh, I think DJ Augustine is still there. I don't know. This dude been in the league. I feel like my whole damn life. DJ Augustine, I think, is still there. So maybe he can mentor <laughs> them, and and he can develop into something. Um, yeah, that, that's, I think that's what the Magic should do. I really like that pick for them. Um, I think Cole Anthony is a guy who can end up being that player who just um, exceeded expectations from where he's at. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of – he fell off a lot of draft boards with his last season. I know he had some injuries, issues, just overall kind of dis- disappointing season. Um, but I think he, he's a pretty good value pick here, and I think when you're kind of throwing darts at the mid-draft looking for a guy who can really exceed the, the value of the pick – um, I like going with guys who have had had some success at the college level, especially guys who were kind of that that top guy on their on their yeah, college man. team. Aggression. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And the magic, the magic have to take a guard here, right? Because like they just have a log jam at forward and center with Isaac and Gordon and Boosie. So it's like they have to take a guard. So why not get get one that you know can come in and get buckets, like you know, right off the rip. Yeah, man, you completely forgot forgot Mo Bamba. Oh, Mo Bamba, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, the Magic the past few years are just all they have drafted were guys who were like, he's tall and he can run, yeah. and maybe if he can dribble, <laughs> he'll be cold. Yeah, man, they, they got a team full of centers. Like, that shit is not going. They don't have any plan. They have no plan, bro. They have no plan. If you be yeah, honest. man. If you want to if you look across the league for somebody without a plan, man, go down to Orlando because it's – yeah, I can't even it, – it's really like they just rolling dice, man. They playing dice games in their <laughs> damn draft rooms. They in the war room playing dice games. Man. Uh, it's all fun and games, man. It's all fun and games. They they got a <laughs> Orlando. We need to trade somebody, man. Or there's Aaron Gordon. I don't think you trade Isaac. I think you keep Isaac because he's just huge and different than anybody else. But what are we gonna do with Mobamba and, and Vusi and the the mess that you all have created by drafting ten centers? <laughs> <laughs> hey man 
They go opposite the league. They said they said all the shooting, all the playmaking, all the perun. Nah, man. We think if we go, yeah, if we if we zig from that, we're really gonna throw people off, right. man. What if we just throw three niggas out there? The goal is shoot? to hold opponents we to ninety-five points. Three big, <laughs> three big, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that is it, man. That is it. Let's wrap this up uh, with some just like overall just comments, like. We 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 seen some things happen in free agency. Uh, y'all mentioned Harden going to the Nets. Um, has any? We haven't seen much, but the the Lakers also look like they're about to sign Dennis Schroeder um, in a trade. Um, yeah. Anything shocking y'all so far, or any predictions on Russ Harden where everybody ends up? I was a little surprised at uh, how quickly the Lakers ended up getting Dennis, man. I think that's actually a really, really solid pickup for him. I think he's the type of guy who he's going to he's gonna thrive playing next to – on a playoff team and next to kind of two superstars um, and allowed to kind of be that um, – just play carefree, man, and understand that, you know, it's it's not – all the pressure is not on him. And I think he's, he's a savvy enough guy that I think he's going to be able to still be – be a, a team player within that system. I, I just think that's a really, really good pickup for him. And he's a, he's just he's fearless, man. In terms of like, I'll take this shot, and and he has the ability to hit him as well. Um, and they they kind of need that. I think they they've kind of seen the writing on the wall. I know we were talking about uh, a <laughs> um, the pick I have for San Antonio. If he could just be Danny Green, but you know that's Danny Green, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. I think the Danny Green we saw last last well, playoffs. That guy is uh, the sunset. He yeah, he needs to start figuring out some uh, some post career plans because it's coming. He's had a great great run though, you know, three rings for the guy. But uh, I, I think Dennis is a is a really really nice piece to put next to to LeBron and AD. So um, it'll be interesting to see how else how everything else falls. What y'all think about the Dennis move? I think it's solid, man. I, man, I that's what I was talking. I think the the Lakers needed to find a way to get younger, um, and he's only twenty seven. So I think that's huge exactly. for them in in terms of just getting somebody on the court with some young legs, who's hungry, who's motivated, who hasn't won that ring yet. Because uh, uh, let's just be real, man. Um, when you got, I think the Lakers had the oldest roster in the league um, and you're coming off a short break like we are. I think Dennis Schroeder being around Chris Paul this past year helped him out tremendously. Um, in terms of just learning how to run a team. I don't think he had that kind of mentorship before. Um, and, and I think they're going to need somebody, at least in the beginning of the season, uh, to take the load off Braun. And we already know Rondo, Rondo playoff Rondo is different than regular season Rondo. Um, so so we need somebody exactly. who can play that 30, 32 minutes a game um, in the beginning of the season can get us 15, 16 points a game while maybe LeBron even sits out a few games. He can maybe take over and be that spark plug because they don't, I just don't think they had that energy, you know, like Rondo found a way to do it in the playoffs, but I think they need, they needed to do this. And I couldn't have thought, I don't think I could have, they could have got a better fit personally I, at the point guard position. Um, I didn't even consider them getting Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, I was shocked he was available. But it makes sense. OKC, I think they're really trying to uh, 
tank. They got what um, seventeen picks between now and twenty twenty five. It seems like so. And Shea's they're solid. really just trying to lean you into know? that. Shea is good. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was crazy that they ended up getting uh, Schroeder, especially for trading just the twenty eighth pick in a draft that we like. As we've discussed, we don't think it's that deep. So to trade the twenty eighth pick and Danny Green, uh, and get uh get a bona fide six man. <clears throat> and uh, you know somebody that can almost get you twenty a night. That's that's crazy how they did that. Um, I was really hoping that they traded for uh for Derrick Rose um, so that the Pistons got an extra draft pick. But um, you know I think Dennis is obviously like you say he's younger so he fits better. Uh, Rose is older so that wouldn't have helped them get any younger. And um, <clears throat> I also think that means that Rondo won't be there. Um, I don't think Rondo's gonna resign. I think he'll be on a different team since they made this move because uh, I don't think it's enough minutes at the guard spot to go around. You don't think they'll just keep them on ice and like they'll kind of be like a a known agreement, like a gentleman's agreement. Yeah, we're gonna keep you on ice during the regular season and uh give you a few more minutes come playoff time, but during the regular season it's gonna be Dennis time to shine. Nah, cause I feel like he'll he can go he can go somewhere and get some money. So I feel like, you know, he he'll probably be able to go somewhere and get some actual minutes on a uh on a on a team rather than just, you know, chilling on right. the Lakers. Uh, so for, for that reason, if he wouldn't have bought out, you know, like the way he did in the playoffs, I could definitely see that as more of a scenario, but with the way he played, um, I feel like he'll have too much, uh, <clears throat> you know, too many teams trying to, trying to get him for, uh, for him to stay on the Lakers. Yeah. I could even potentially see him going over to the other side of LA maybe, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but he opted out of his contract. So he opted out. And I I think that shows like because he was on the league the league minimum, um, but he's a veteran player, so it's not surprising to see him on the minimum, especially because Rondo is the kind of guy um, that he he needs to be on a winning team or else his history shows like he can be a little toxic. He does not take losing well, and that's why you love him, and that's why you hate him. Um, so I, I think I think Rondo's gone too, Stone. Uh, I don't know where he's gonna go. Um, where it'll be a better situation, but it, it, he'll definitely either be on a contender or be watching from the couch. Facts, facts. Shit, Rondo like the check gonna be the better situation. <laughs> you think he gonna cash out? Y'all think he just gonna try and cash out one more little last time? I mean, get a two for ten, maybe. I've, I mean, I feel like a guy like Rondo is probably looking at you know two rings, man. And I'm not, I'm not really seeing an easy path to be back on the Lakers. Two rings, I'm. I'm good. A lot, a lot of people would ask for this to have two rings. So maybe I will just take a little bit of frustration at the end of my career and just cash out on a check, even if I'm on a, a losing team. Yeah, I feel you. All right, man. It's late. Um, uh, we we can save we can save the other NBA talk for when some moves actually get made, because uh, I'm sure we'll have to come back uh, with some breaking news if Harden goes to the Nets or if Russ goes to the Clippers, whatever the case may be. Uh, but we appreciate, as always, man. I appreciate both of y'all for rocking with me. Uh, the draft is this, is this Wednesday, and the NBA draft. If y'all have never watched it as fans, it's so much better than in the, the NFL draft because it's quick. It's quick. I think it's like five oh, minutes yeah. per pick. They don't bullshit. Yeah. They don't fuck around. It's straight to the point. 
get in, get out. It's like a two-hour event. So if your team is drafting somebody in the top or if in the first round, uh, I wish all of your franchises the best of luck. Um, there will be winners and there will be losers. And the goal is to win always. Uh, Kellen, your basketball team's franchise was y'all. Y'all might have been down for maybe a half a season, and then you're forcing half your, a season. Your your fortunes changed, and you got Luka Doncic, and you won the NBA draft a couple years ago. Um, and somebody could do the same this year. So uh, we'll see what happens. We'll keep y'all posted, uh, and uh, we'll look back at this and see if we're terrible GMs or if we need to call one of these uh, NBA teams for a job. Uh, but uh, I appreciate y'all for joining the show. Um, any last shout-outs, anything like that? Nah, man, I'm just curious to see what's going to happen on this draft night and really just the rest of free agency. I, I, I like the uh, – you know, I don't think it's great for the, the players and stuff, this quick turnaround, but – having such a short off season, man, it's, things are going to move fast and furious. And I think that's going to lead to a lot of uh, very rash decisions, which is going to be great for some organizations and uh, pretty damn terrible for some other organizations. <laughs> so I think we're going to see, we're going to see some very interesting moves happen in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Facts. Oh, yeah. Just shout out to the NBA for making it happen. They coming back on the uh, December 22nd, you know, they decided um, not to wait until mid January. We get 72 games. They, you know, they, you know, they're gonna do it the best. They did the bubble last year. If they got to do it again, they'll they'll do it. Um, so shout out to giving 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 us something to talk about. Hey man, yeah man, opening day should have been Christmas though. That's that's a quick I don't understand man. Like a that is two bad. minute I don't understand oh. segment. Oh, it, the twenty second makes no sense. It just make yeah it man. Give us the Christmas they, games. Welcome back NBA. Exactly, man. Either way, I'm not going to complain about it. The NBA will be back, which means that our fantasy basketball draft will be back soon enough. I need to claim my ring that was stolen from me last year. <laughs> Come on, man. I need to claim my ring that was stolen from me last year. Oh, man. <laughs> one, of the, one of the worst one of the worst causes or effects of the, uh, the pandemic, man. <laughs> Made this was, guy think he actually had a shot. I was on my way to platinum status on Yahoo Fantasy Sports, and now I'm stuck in the gold range. It, you hate to see it, man. You hate to see it. Either way, we'll we'll figure it out. We we will figure it out. Um, as always, stay safe, stay blessed. We appreciate y'all listening. We out. I put my heart on my lips. I gave it all I could give. I made it hot at the crib. I can't fire the crib. Where you gon' go when you do? How I'ma know for real? I pull a four in the field. You already know what it is. I keep a pole in the wheel. Cut a lot of these niggas out here in me. It ain't no horn and clear. None of my dog, I fuck with Tennessee. I don't need so no sympathy. Sippin' on Hennessy got me being in sideways. Everything on me drippin', you niggas can't ride away. Nigga run around with the juice, nigga come spit your drink. I done earned my stripes, now I'm trying to go give me some real rain and through my third eye, cause I got ton of vision. Had to open my mind, then I opened the bins. Like you gotta sell your soul for the only pay attention. Fuck all that plan, now I'm grown, I put my heart in it. I had to get down with that crone and show them niggas I'm serious. And it's like every song I'm on, I be calling my spirits. I put my hero on rocks. I put my scotter on rocks.
One from one say up. Shoot at an OV, shoot at a cop. Shoot at the police, shoot at your top. I made a million on socks. Free all my niggas who stuck in the box. Locked up and watching the clock. Locked up, they fighting with locks. Locked up, they swinging they knife. I can't be living this life. No more Bacardi, alright. I don't want Cardi, so I'ma pull Henny on ice. My vision is vivid. Told you I'm really a menace. I showed you I'm destined to get it. I be outside with the glizzy. Told in that fire, be tripping. I just might die on huh, living. I ain't take no bad, but I'm tripping. Niggas ain't catching me slipping. Know that my swag is terrific. Ain't seen my dad in a minute, but I can't be mad. I got millions. I just pulled up in the limit. Thugging so fuck your opinion. I'm thugging so fuck how you feeling. I'm calling my spirit. Through my third eye, cause I got tunnel vision. Had to open my mind, then I opened the business. Like you gotta sell your soul for them to pay attention. Fuck all that plan. Now I'm grown. I put my heart in it. I had to get down with that crone and show them niggas I'm serious. And it's like every song I'm on, I be calling my spirits.